0: Hello, everyone, and we welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion with the subject on everlasting punishment, but we know it as everlasting love. We're so glad you could all join us today, and we are, we are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, in the United States of America, and we welcome you all, and we will start now with our morning prayer.
1: I'm reading from from page 62 of Divinity Course and General Collectania. Study the Bible constantly, daily, and dear one, pray. Ask the divine love every day to give you all that the Lord's prayer inculcates. Go alone by yourself one half hour every morning and ask God good, thy kingdom come. Ask to establish the reign of honesty, peace, and purity in your consciousness and to overthrow and cast out all that is unlike the Christ love. Ask to forgive those that wrong you even as God forgives you and see how this must be for you to reflect God. Ask for deliverance from temptation. Ask for patience, meekness, peace. And so may the grace of God be with you. Mary Baker Eddy.
0: You find the best things, Florence. That's beautiful. Thank you very much. And we have Lainey here today from Massachusetts. And what did you say about these prayers? You say them.
2: Oh, uh, Peter and I do them every morning. Every together. morning, he, he, five hours ahead, but every every day we do them together.
0: Our friend <coughs> Peter in England they they do them every morning together. It's a beautiful for life. the
2: whole week so for the whole wonderful. week. Yeah, wonderful. Good morning.
3: Yes. Good morning. <laughs> All right. Our watching point. Watch number six, watch lest the old theological teaching and training as to what constitutes sin prevent you from realizing that fundamentally sin is cause rather than effect, wrong thinking rather than wrong acting. The primary sin is sin against the Holy Ghost or against that which unites man to his maker What the world calls sin is the outward result of this fundamental belief or error of yielding to mesmerism. What the world calls sin does not shut man off from God as effectually as what the world calls goodness, which is largely self-righteousness. When a mortal finds that his actions are sinful, he is apt to become dissatisfied with himself and with material existence so that he yearns for God. Whereas the self-satisfied follower of creeds and doctrines feels very little spiritual hunger or dissatisfaction with matter. We conclude, therefore, that self-righteousness is the most dangerous state of thought as far as spiritual growth is concerned no one eats until he is hungry hence the attitude of self-righteous scribes and pharisees of today precludes any definite spiritual hunger which causes mortal man to reach out for the divine self-righteousness may be called the sin against the holy ghost Since it is a sin against man's spiritual nature and is far more serious than those sins against society for which mortal mind has decreed punishment. The most dangerous sin from God's standpoint must be that which tempts man to be the most satisfied and to feel secure apart from God. Thank you.
0: All right, comments
3: on that? Well, I found it a great watch to work with this week and I appreciated it. And I just kept holding to the end it, to watch my thought. It, it was like feeling apart from God um, because the sense of doing good is very sneaky, uh, makes you think. <laughs> You're doing good <laughs>
1: right. hum- yeah. when you're in the do human do, line, human, human dignity, do do right? Yes. I think this is why Mrs. Eddy gave that instruction to this person about, you know, the ask for meekness. And yes. it, it, it's, it's clear that none of these people in the Bible who came to God with their hearts really hungering for to know God. Him with any sense of uh, pride or righteousness it's just impossible it, it kind of stands in your way from turning to the Christ so Thank you
4: sure does and many of us who uh, who experienced mrs. Evans um, will will remember very well her rebukes of pride uh, a lot of times she would rebuke. Things that we didn't even see in ourselves or in others, but she felt it. She saw it. And it was uncomfortable at the time, but it was necessary for this, for, for this very reason. If we, if we have any sense of pride, it's going to prevent us from being, you know, what God made. It's going to prevent us from being happy and fulfilled, and what a shame, and that's why, you know, you look through the Bible, as uh, Florence said, Jesus' harshest rebukes were not for people who sinned as society calls sin, his sharpest rebukes were for people who were self-righteous, and that included the Pharisees and the scribes more often than not,
0: thank you yes yeah it's interesting that this self-righteousness may be called the sin against the holy ghost the other sins you know called a a sin to society but how much worse really to have it a sin to the holy ghost and how often self-righteousness goes with the word blind and blindness Hmm. because you don't see what you're doing and that's why Cleanse thou me of secret faults, as we had, I believe, in the last week's lesson. So um, we're going to talk about many things today, but one of them is how, what, what would block a healing. And you see, this would block a healing, this self-righteousness, this pride that you don't even know you have. Um I believe i was looking for it somewhere there's a story in one of mrs eddie's classes where she detected this of uh, pride in a student and i believe she asked that person to leave, leave
1: yes. you, you remember that yes remember that i've, I've read it before yes yeah. yes i always remember the uh what she says in prose works <clears throat> humility is the stepping stone to a higher recognition of deity
0: yes thank you You can't step up until you lose this pride, and I'm going to come back to the golden text later. But now, because all of this relates so well to the story in the responsive reading, and
1: go ahead. No, I also read that it's so, the reason, part of the reason it blinds you is because you're so steeped in materiality in the self apart from God. So there's a material sense of it too. How can you come so steeped in materiality when what you're yearning for is spiritual? Yes, and
0: it does, it will blind you to to. What's going on, and then you can get frustrated. Or you can get jealous of because you're in the human mind, as in the story of the prodigal son, where the the elder brother became jealous um, of his son's his younger brother's warm reception by the father. Um, it it puts you in a in a terrible state where you're kind of thrashing around, <laughs> and that's why we have to be still and see what's in us and see what needs to be changed now so jeremy can you just tell me briefly about what's in the responsive reading
5: oh yes uh mary magdalene um came into that simon not not peter <laughs> came into simon's house to uh <laughs> go to jesus and put that ointment on his feet and Jesus used it as an opportunity to teach Simon a good lesson about, you know, the fact that she was, despite being a sinner, she knew it. She was repenting for it, whereas, you know, Simon did not offer Jesus all the things that a host would have in those days, you know, and I always, since I first got here, it was really clear that it became clear quickly that jesus never answered a question directly he always went right after what needed to be said and i this this is another really good example i love
0: that thank you yes and he detected he detected with mary magdalene the the real heartfelt repentance
5: she couldn't have come into that house if it wasn't for that
0: no
4: (laughs) well no and and he also detected in Simon's thought, it wasn't that Simon actually said anything. He could he he, he was he was thinking, Whoa, well, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> and Jesus could tell. Whether it was his body language or just, you know, the the mental atmosphere, he could tell.
0: Yes. And he addressed it. Yes, he did. He didn't hold back. Never breathe an immoral atmosphere unless an attempt to purify it. And that's what he did wherever he went. And, of course, that was a quote from Mrs. Eddy. So in Science and Health, we have the story as well. And where is that found in Science and Health? Christian Science Practice. The beginning of the chapter. The beginning Uh of the chapter of Christian Science Practice so this story is perhaps the utmost uh, importance in in obtaining healing in practicing teaching healing and this part it's a long you know it's a few pages so it's all wasn't in the lesson but mrs eddy says here is suggested a solemn question a question indicated by one of the needs of this age Do Christian scientists seek truth as Simon sought the Savior through material conservatism and for personal homage? Jesus told Simon that such seekers as he gave, as he gave small reward in return for the spiritual purgation which came through the Messiah. If Christian scientists are like Simon, then it must be said of them also That they love little. So who is she addressing in this? Self-righteous
3: thought?
0: No, who? Who? Who?
4: Christians or Christian science students.
0: Christian scientists. All of us. And I, you know, I've read this so many times and I've skimmed over it. And of course, I'm not like the Pharisees. I'm like, I'm like Mary, Ma- of course. Well, <laughs> no, maybe not so. Why would she address the Christian scientists? It's twice in that one paragraph because she knew that this was a huge problem. Material conservatism, what is that?
1: Oh, the outward goodness that makes you think you're okay. Thank you.
0: A little thunderbolt there. A little thunderbolt. Your, 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 your oh Lawrence, your declaration
4: <laughs> was <laughs>
0: <laughs> my goodness. Well, yes, the outward show,
4: or alternatively, the fear of letting go. Thank you of the exactly. material what seems to be at times comfort but it's a compromise really and the fear of growing spiritually and letting go of what seems familiar
0: thank you because that word conservatism has many meanings but one of them is is you know resisting change not wanting to change and we know in science it's a radical religion and to be so conservative and not want to change and be so concerned with whatever your looks and and what you appear to be rather than what you truly are. Um, So remember this, it's in the very beginning of Christian science practice. It is addressing us. We're not talking about everybody else because we're great and no one else is. She's addressing Christian scientists and then I was very grateful. I'm going to read this to you. This was an article that um, Dear Carrie sent to me by a Fanny Whitney from the June 1899 issue of the Christian Science Journal. In Miscellaneous Writings, page 234, our leader tells us that, quote, what hinders man's progress is his vain conceit. The Phariseeism of the times on page 356, she gives us this rule, quote, one can never go up until one has gone down in his own esteem, end quote. I heard a Christian science student make the remark that it took her three years to find out that she was a Pharisee. This impressed me so forcibly that I began to wonder if I were a Pharisee and did not know it. It has taken me nearly nine years to learn that I am a Pharisee. I know people have said the rustling of paper. Well, that's probably me. Okay, I've got a lot of papers. So what are the Pharisees? In Jesus' time, they were personalities of self-righteousness, egotism, vanity, pride, and hypocrisy. Jesus was constantly rebuking them and pronouncing woes upon them. They were ever on the watch to catch him in his words that they might accuse him. They were very ready to criticize his keeping of the Sabbath. To them, eating with publicans and sinners or with unwashed hands was very defiling. They were strict in keeping in the keeping of forms and paying tithes while they omitted the weightier matters of law, judgment, mercy and faith. It's Matthew 23. While I studied this thought, I kept watch to see if I could discover the Pharisee within. I must confess I was humiliated. The Pharisee appeared on every hand. I had the form without the life, the letter without the spirit. I preached far more than I practiced. I could see the faults of others more keenly than my own. I was straining out gnats in some directions while swallowing camels in others. I possessed a zeal in many ways, not according to knowledge, which had to be rebuked. I was trying to be so scientific that I was in danger of losing my humanity. Yes, I was a Pharisee, but I was thankful for this awakening. I began to talk science less and to strive it more, strive to live it more I felt sympathy for every other human being that I had never known before. I saw that the Pharisee represented the human fleshly nature, which was to be put off for the new true manhood in Christ Jesus. I also caught a little glimpse of the individual man to each and every one of whom, quote, love is impartial and universal in its adaptation and bestowals, science and health, end quote. I could see that as each consciousness grasped the fact that man was God's own image and likeness, he would have the true conception of himself and of every other fellow being, and never until then. Herein the divine command to love thy neighbor as thyself will be fulfilled. Surely in Christian science there is no room for a Pharisee, no place for the thought, I am better than thou. This uncovering of error has made me forcibly aware of how very slowly the spiritual idea has dawned upon my consciousness. I now see how dense and tenacious was the error in my thought when Christian science found me. Claims of heredity and unfavorable environment have tried to hold me in bondage, but they are slowly and surely yielding to the understanding of the one creator and one creation Christian science teaches that time and progress are not measured by years, but by the good unfolded. Now, isn't that beautiful? And so, again, if you feel you have some long for healing that doesn't seem to be coming no matter what you do, just, you know, be be quiet and, and get honest with yourself and see. Maybe the Pharisee thought is lurking in there somewhere. I certainly found it big time in my thought. That's what Gary was talking about. And the way Mrs. Evans rebuked all that pride, I was the extreme do-goody person thinking I was good. And yet not knowing what was the matter with me and why I didn't have my healing. It was a huge stumbling block that I was blind to. So it must be seen and met. And it tries to it tries to hide, tries to keep you unaware of it. And, you know, there are many people I know in the practice, you can mention maybe some things they might be doing. And it's, what is it usually, Florence?
1: Are they doing? What are they not doing? You mean?
0: Yeah, if you ask, if you say, well, maybe you have
1: something here you need to correct. It's always, oh, no, no, I'm not doing that. No, or, no, I've done this. I've No, I do this, I do this, I do this. Yes. All, you know. I see. That's that's it. But no, there's always some. It seems to me there's something until it's uncovered. Um, you're doing something. Yes. And in science and health,
0: and we've talked about this. I didn't have the direct quote. It's on page two forty-two. That self-love is more opaque than a solid body. In patient obedience to a patient God, let us labor to dissolve with the universal solvent of love, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the adamant of error, self-will, self-justification, and self-love, which wars against spirituality
1: and is the law of sin and death. You know, I read something from Precepts. I think it's volume three. and. It- If anybody has it, they might want to look at it It's very direct and very strong here about our debt to God. And he's saying that in science, we not only must not seek to obtain that which we have not demonstrated, but we must not even cherish a desire for it. One who is sick should not even want to recover unless the health and harmony that comes at that comes is the result of the demonstration or thought correction that entitles him to get well. It breaks moral precept for a student to desire what he does not deserve, and he does not deserve that which he has not demonstrated or cannot pay for. I mean that whole page, you know. It's a, it, I was startled, <laughs> but it's it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I know that's one of your
0: favorites, right, Jeremy?
5: I, I love that. Not even to cherish a desire. <laughs> OK, if I'm not ready for it, then <laughs> I'll be
1: patient.
0: And this is where the patience comes in. And patience must have it, her perfect work. So we must have that patience and emerge gently uh, and be patient with ourselves.
4: And? As we gain patience with ourselves, we will gain patience with those around us, our family members, um, our co-workers, and our our co-church members. We have to have that same patience and let, let people earn and not try to give it to them without their earning it. Same way with raising children, right? Yeah,
0: thank you. Yeah, that's a big one.
4: Don't you give your children too much that they don't earn and you do them a huge disservice. It doesn't prepare them for life.
5: I sometimes I, I I've thought about this. I know like with what I know now about science and the proof that it's helped me so much. Even with that, if I were to like go back in time <laughs> 15 years, I, I know I wouldn't have been able to convince myself then to like, <laughs> you know, change your ways. So this has to come when it comes. Yeah. And what what Florence read is on our website, on the articles, uh, The Fruit of Right Thinking, like Albert
1: Oh, good, thank you, yes, yeah. Yeah, she says that you know. I guess she's saying we should be patient with the cleaning up of the mental de- debris, you know. Otherwise, we've accumulated all this carelessly in our thinking, and then we want to, you know, go ahead of to g- receive something that we are not really prepared to receive that will will remain. Um, and this is the question, why we're, you just want the healing or you want to really understand and be that reflection, which can only come with the patience of clearing all these other things out of the way.
0: Yes, thank you. Yeah, and, you know, people who seem to get things before they're ready for them, you know, sometimes an example of that, like a rich man's son and he hadn't hadn't earned it and he gets it. What? Well, even the prodigal son, he ended up, what, squandering the whole thing. <laughs> you, you can't appreciate it. When you've earned it, you've appreciated it and it's yours. And a lot of these so-called instantaneous healings, the people haven't learned from it, progressed, changed. So they just go back to their old ways, and then they have another problem down the road, probably bigger to meet. That's
4: like the ten lepers that were healed, right? Mm-hmm. How many came? act of, to really appreciate. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of them. The other nine, you never, you, 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 don't know, you don't hear anything about them.
1: The one that came back, I'm sure, got what was most important, that Christ. Yeah. It says
5: he was made whole. The rest of them yeah. we were healed.
1: He yes. whole. Yes. yes. And that's
0: what we seek, that being made whole, the change of base from a materialities, a material sense of things to the spiritual idea of what's true. And that is wonderful. And you can't ever go back because no more than you could believe two plus two is five. Once you learned it's four, you can't go back. And, right. and so you progress the scale of being. And Louise wrote, no, not Louise, I guess it was Patricia she wrote about a little bit similar about the Pharisee thought and the prophet thought and how she questioned herself about, you know, what she seeing as a prophet and quoting Mrs. Eddy's definition of it, a spiritual seer, disappearance of material sense before the conscious facts of spiritual truth. Again, you know, check, check yourself to see how much lies within you or how much more you can do and as was brought out, the answer is always to love, love more, love is the liberator. Now I'm gonna um, change gears for a moment. Since Lainey's here today, she told me of such a beautiful healing that a dear friend of hers had that I thought you would find very inspirational.
3: Um,
2: yes, I, um, I take care of uh, uh, provide care for a what we would call a or what the world calls a paraplegic. And when I went first went there the first day, he said, "Ask me if I knew what intuition meant." And I said yes. And so we talked about it, and then we began to talk about Christian Science. And um, I I began to read him the lesson, and he also tuned into the website and began. He can only do things with a, a long stick in his mouth um, because he has no use of his arms, but he's able to get around um, the website, the Plainfield uh, Christian Science Church website quite well. I went there one day and he said, well, uh, one thing happened first. He he generally gets a urine or bladder infection every, every two to three months and ends up in a hospital. And so we worked through the infection and the, the belief that, that this was going to come again. And one day he said to me, Laney, it's been four months, five months since I've had a urine infection. You just had realized it. And he was so grateful. And he said, but my dad has come to me and said that he has cancer or prostate of the, um, cancer of the prostate. And um, so We began to work with that. And what I asked him to do is to really look at his dad as qualities, the qualities of God and the expressions of God. So he began to do that. And as he did this, his whole being began to become light. It was just amazing. I'd walk in the room um, five days a week and there'd be just light in the room. And then, um, as he began to um, love his the qualities of his father, he was beginning to understand that that God expresses all of these through individual being, which was his father. And then a report started to come back one at a time that he's um, getting better. That there are, he said one day. He said his numbers are going down. I don't know what the numbers are because I don't understand cancer. And um, he went back to his doctor. I think he saw another doctor that day. And the doctor was quite stunned. He said, I find nothing here. And so um, he just um, he um, beamed, just beaming with light and, and thanksgiving and gratitude. And then his uh, partner um, felt that that he had such, so much of a light was coming that she felt he would he maybe fall in love with someone else. <laughs> and, you know, she doesn't really care for Christian science. So we just smiled, and went on, but she began to question other people. Are there any women coming here, flowing away, what's going on here? But this individual, um, he loves science, and he loves the website here. He's he's able to learn so much every day just by studying um, what's what's put on there. So I'm really grateful, really grateful for him and all my life. That's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. yes. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes. Thank you. yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And. Um, Lainey has gone in there. At first, the the job, <laughs> some of the jobs she has to do, are not the most pleasant, and she wondered if it was the right job. And she prayed earnestly about it, and God told her to. And and she's been an angel to this man. Look what she's done, and now the healing with the father. Now this is this is the simplicity of the Christ. It can be that way, but uh, it it just has to reach the heart, reach the heart in sincerity and it it did and and maybe with this um this man had suffered so much with what he's been through that he was very very receptive to this truth now the lesson brings out more than once at least twice that um to cause suffering as a result of sin is the means of destroying sin and then also, man's wisdom finds no satisfaction in sin since God has sentenced sin to suffer. Because recently someone was asking me, oh, you know, about suffering mankind and, you know, they see suffering everywhere. Well, first and foremost, we put God's compassion and benediction on anyone who would seem to be suffering. You know the presence and power of God is there the light of god shining on that darkness but then to me this is gives further light as to the suffering the suffering somewhere there's sin right and maybe it's this unrecognized sin maybe it's the bowing before false systems you know all all the nations now that have had this pandemic how many of them worship the one god how many are christian i I mean i'm just I'm just throwing these things out. So, uh, and this is in no way of criticism or condemnation. This is just in the way of helping. So if there's suffering, then we know that God's presence and power is there. Enlightenment, light, love that will lead wherever that suffering is, will lead it out of suffering into the Christ consciousness. So... I, it's plain here, isn't it Mrs. Eddie says this
4: and we can and we can look forward to the benefit that the suffering promotes yes because it forces people to to leave their false beliefs it forces people out of what ails them and it, it if they are if they have any ounce of spirituality left in them it forces them closer to god and that's the effect that it has on everyone who does suffer
0: this dear friend of had suffered much had suffered much and in his so it's not like these things just come and he there's no reason why he cannot have a complete healing but how wonderful to see that they were pl- applying this truth and how it healed his dear father. How, won- how wonderful, and we can rejoice in the healing power of the Christ. And what a beautiful thought to see him as qualities.
1: Yes. That was the, One of the first things I learned and amazing to know who you really are, qualities.
0: Yes. Yeah. And can qualities suffer with cancer? Can yeah. qualities suffer with any any can suffer at all? No. Yeah. It's impossible. And and a glimpse of understanding that brings healing. So
2: Yeah, there's no darkness
0: in qualities. There's no darkness in qualities.
5: You had but, mentioned a quote that said about more opaque, and opaque is the, the inability to let light through.
0: It mm-hmm. is, um, <laughs> it is, and sometimes it's a Christian scientist are so full of self righteousness that they've been a Christian scientist class taught fifth generation, <laughs> all rotty <laughs> rotty woo woo, and, and and so you can't reach them. They've done everything, every little thing in their life right, and again. I was certainly probably maybe the worst of all in that respect. So I say this only for healing and helping not to be critical or anything at all like that, Uh, because once I got beaten up enough, I say that by Mrs. Evans and I began to see my ways and it took a long time and I'm still having to check myself daily.
1: Um,
4: as, we, as as we all
1: as we are. all do that you're saying in the prayer, yeah, you have to, Yes, we all have to, but I must say uh, one very heartening comment it was in an area in India somewhere where so many are dying now from the covid and I think they were burning the bodies, and one man said something like. Well, the government can't help us now. The the the, the vaccine, I, I think that area didn't have it or they couldn't have it. So now we have to turn to God. It, it was so nice to hear him say that. Yes. There we on- go. Mm-hmm.
5: Have all those languages covered too. So. Yes, we
1: have those languages
0: out there. Our truth is out there. We send God's love there. Mm-hmm. But the purpose of it, and I read that yesterday at our our Bible study something, you know, you you get forced there's no other place to turn nothing nothing saves you God is our savior so Craig read the golden text for us
5: Isaiah 23 but now thus saith the Lord that created thee O Jacob and he that formed thee O Israel fear not for I have redeemed thee I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine.
2: How
0: beautiful is that? And I looked up that word, redeem, to rescue from captivity or bondage, to regain possession of a thing that has been alienated. Such a secure statement, I feel. it is. it's just goes to the depths of one's being and then that word alienate someone that's been something or something that's transferred to the ownership of another person or a group to cause to be estranged, hostile or indifferent to be isolated mm-hmm. so think about it anybody anybody and everybody. And here again, we're talking in the relative, okay? (laughs) Because the truth of the matter is everyone is in their rightful place and they're all children of God. But in the relative, it would seem not so. People have lost their way. Maybe you know someone. Maybe you know someone who's against Christian science, doesn't believe in God. All of this, they have been taken away, isolated um, in some other kind of ownership. Maybe it's a child that you love. And here we go to the prodigal son, right? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's, God redeems them. He brings them back in his great love. And that, yesterday we talked about the movie, The Cokeville Miracle, mm-hmm. yeah. And the sheriff, the father who's, who was uh, not a believer and had a son that you know was almost blown up by terrorists. But anyway, after seeing, The redeeming power of God and and what happened in that movie. You'll have to listen if you didn't hear us yesterday. You'll have to listen to the Bible study. But anyway, he became, he was redeemed. He became a believer, right?
5: Yeah. You know, I just remembered in the beginning of the movie, apparently he had seen something awful that made him question his faith. So, yeah.
0: He had become jaded. Which...
5: I understand. I went through it too. <laughs> I thought I was on a different path. So much for that. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs>
0: That's it. That's it. And and that beautiful story about the the prodigal son. And um, you know, Parthens wrote that beautiful thing on the forum in those beautiful um, pictures he posted. And he writes in the late 1800s, Swiss artist Eugene. Bernand created a series of illustrations based on the parable of the prodigal son, the most striking of which may be found here, and you can look at it. This unique focus upon the father alone, watching intently for the return of his child is also a perfect depiction of the heart of Christ Jesus as well. And nothing was more important to Mrs. Eddy, nothing more urgent than this, quote, Three times a day I retire to seek the divine blessing on the sick and sorrowing, with my face toward the Jerusalem of love and truth, in silent prayer to the Father, which seeth in secret, and with childlike confidence that he will reward openly. End quote. This was miscellaneous writings. And then, God grant that my heart likewise keep pace with the heavenly Father's. So, that's so beautiful. You have someone you feel is lost. Um, just say that golden text to yourself over and over. I have called thee by thy name. That means he knows you individually. You're not just you know one of a number. <laughs> he knows. He knows everything about you. He knows every about everything about your loved one, and he or. Uh, Whatever this thing is, your child, your loved one, whoever, whatever, the world, thou art mine. God, they belong to God. The devil, Satan, again, I'm speaking in the relative. (laughs) The devil, Satan, whatever, animal magnetism cannot hold this loved one in bondage. It will snap open. It can't be. They belong to God, and we know this, and they will find God, and their lives will be redeemed. At the end, Gary's going to read it, a beautiful, what Mrs. Eddy says about her own life. She was redeemed in retrospection and introspection. She was redeemed. We've all been redeemed. And today, the singers are going to sing about being redeemed. So that prodigal son and of course, we know that's an allegory. That's the, the uh, God. I had read God is the Father. We are His children. I had read this was in maybe um, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I don't know if you've ever. It's <laughs> a Christian thing, but anyway, it was about a, a parents parents who their child left. They were good parents, as far as I could tell, good Christian parents, and their child left and not in a good way. And they were very, very concerned about this child. So every night they turned the light of the front porch on. Mm-hmm. And that was because they were expecting that child to come home. That was their prayer. Yes, you're gonna come home. I'm le- leaving the light on for you so it'll be on when you get here. Well, I don't know how many years it took but that child came home.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And just like the prodigal son ready on his or her knees,
1: mm-hmm. humbly. There's no uh, unforgivable sin if the father's mercy is not always present to the king. Well, yes. It's never too late. It's never too late. Yeah, yeah, that
0: what I read from the blue book or wherever it was from, it's in Watch's Persian Arguments too. Never too late, no incurable disease um, no unforgivable sin, and love cannot be lied
5: against. Cannot be misunderstood. No matter, yeah. At some point, it'll be recognized as love. Thank you. Uh, yes. yes. Tough love, or even if it's dishonest. That's
4: well, it. and that's because you can't fake it. It is when it's true love. It's felt. Mm-hmm. People can't help but feel real love. Real love can't be faked.
0: It can't be faked, and even when it comes across as tough as hell. I told someone recently that, yes, all of us in Plainfield, it was like being in a boot camp, and Mrs. Evans, because we speak, you know, (laughs) respectfully of her, I will say, she was like a drill sergeant. Who loves a drill sergeant? You know, it's hard to love a drill sergeant, but, if you've ever had tough love, if you've ever had a tough teacher, if you've ever had anything tough, you understand that that is very essential, that toughness. And what she taught us was invaluable. And all of us, I know, will thank her every day of our lives, which is why we speak of her, Lo- yes, lovingly and respectfully of her. It wasn't easy to be that. And also she stood up to an organization that no one else had been able to stand up to. And that took a tough leader and also in the forum um what louise wrote about and she gave a testimony which i read on wednesday how um the prodigal son came to himself right Yes. Yeah. yes and that in every healing it's a matter of coming to to ourselves and um says our coming to your true self your sane mind and that's what you see in healing. And I don't care what the problem is—a mental problem, a physical problem, a financial problem—you come to yourself. You're saying your right mind. You're no longer in that carnal mind of hell and anguish. You're in your right mind. And so, Florence, what did you write about that?
1: Oh, I just said it was just beautiful. Uh, it's always how long. It's always how long it takes for us to. Come to ourselves, as in how long it takes to stop denying God's allness, which then exposes the nothingness and powerlessness of every discord. It's yeah. You come to yourself when if you know that there's something within that hasn't been right. It's not belong to you. This coming to yourself is is very essential. I feel, and I think it, she wrote it so beautifully there. She did
0: she sure did and it's an important point in that story he came to he woke up and realized what the heck have I been doing and in another let's see in another um, article Carrie sent me an old Christian science journal um, it says let me see if I can find where it was yeah 1885 repentance and forgiveness says that when the when the son woke up he said i will arise and go to my father and i will say father source of all life light and love seduced by the false opinions of man the false statements of matter i forgot that i was created in thine own likeness and image my soul is born again into the knowledge of the dominion of spirit over matter into the knowledge that the body is but the expression of spirit and sub- subject to its dictation. Therefore, good, my father, I approach thee with, not with the wisdom of men, nor in the belief of musty traditions, but as a trusting child approaches his father, I approach thee, thou source of my life. Sometimes it takes suffering to get there. And if you if you keep saying you're perfect and you're fine, you've done everything right. Well, whoops, <laughs> it's a block. The inanimate of error. You justify what you've done or self love. Maybe this doesn't apply to you, but if it does, take heed. It's always good. Self examination is always good. We're not on a witch hunt. Remember that. But God reveals what is needed in our progress if we are humble and honest. So we'd have turned the subject, everlasting punishment, to everlasting love, because that's all we have. And we will end today with this beautiful um, paragraphs from-
4: From retrospection and introspection Uh, the chapter entitled emergence into light the trend of human life was too eventful to leave me undisturbed in the illusion that this so-called life could be a real and abiding rest all things earthly must ultimately yield to the irony of fate or else be merged into the one infinite love As these pungent lessons became clearer, they grew sterner. Previously, the cloud of mortal mind seemed to have a silver lining. But now it was not even fringed with light. Matter was no longer spanned with its rainbow of promise. The world was dark. The oncoming hours were indicated by no floral dial. The senses could not prophesy sunrise or starlight. Thus it was when the moment arrived of the heart's bridal to more spiritual existence. When the door opened, I was waiting and watching, and lo, the bridegroom came. The character of the Christ was illuminated by the midnight torches of spirit. My heart knew its redeemer. He whom my in affections had diligently sought was as the one altogether lovely, as the chiefest, the only among 10,000. Soulless famine had fled. Agnosticism, pantheism, and theosophy were void. Being was beautiful. Its substance, cause, and currents were God and his idea. I had touched the hem of Christian science. Mary Baker Eddy.
0: Thank you all for joining us today.
1: Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thank
0: you.